Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Listen again for the word of the Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, Not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On Christmas Eve here at the church, we hold a seven o'clock candlelight service right here in the Great Hall. How many of you have been to that service? A lot of you have been to that service. Then you know that at the end of the service, everyone gets a candle to hold and everyone lights their candle on the last song. Silent Night. Then one by one, the candles are blown out. The youngest children blow their candles out first. It's safer that way. The youngest children blow theirs out first, then the teenagers, then the young adults, the people who think they're still young adults, then the middle-aged, the empty nesters, and the seniors. And so it goes all the way up to our oldest members, all the way until there's just one, maybe two candles left. And here's the thing about that moment when there's only one or two candles left. When we do that, the great hall is dark. It's nighttime outside and inside the lights have been turned out. But even with one candle burning, there is still light because it only takes one candle to drive away the darkness. Jesus knows about the power of light. In our scripture today, we read a section of Jesus' first public sermon. Sometimes we call it the Sermon on the Mount. If you want a summary of Jesus' teachings, of how he interprets scripture, you can read it in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's nicely condensed in that section. This Sermon on the Mount opens with a series of blessings. And we read those last week. Remember the the strange list of blessings where Jesus says things like, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are hated and reviled. Last week, Pastor Joe told us that Jesus blessed the very people who wouldn't have considered themselves blessed. 
This week, we move to the next section of his sermon, and we find it's just as radical as the opener. To the meek, the mourners, the hated and reviled, the poor in spirit, and the faint of heart. To the crowds of people desperate for hope who have gathered around him, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Do you feel like the light of the world? Some days I don't feel like the light of the world. I can just imagine being in that crowd thinking, well, I don't feel like the light of the world. Some days all I have are worries, all I have are complaints. Some days I wake up and I know today is going to be a bad day and tomorrow is just going to get worse. Have you ever felt that way? Sometimes I find it hard to see the light inside of me. And perhaps that's the key to all this. Perhaps the good news is that it's not my good news, it's not your good news, it's his good news. And because it's his good news, we know there is a God who loves us, who claims us, who calls us by name, a savior who holds back the storms of sin and death that threaten to overtake us. And in the midst of that chaos offers peace and joy and life. No matter how dark the room is, this good news is our light. And when we receive it, we become bearers of that light too. The light that we bear has the power to drive away the darkness. Now my children know the power of light because my children are afraid of the dark. Every night before bed, they pull out their nightlights. They believe in those nightlights. Just as it takes one candle to pierce a dark room, it only takes one nightlight to drive away the monsters, real or imagined. You know, that's why cave people made fires to keep the beasts at bay. So maybe it's some primitive instinct, but those nightlights make my children feel safe. And that's the power of light. No matter how complete the darkness, that tiny sliver of light has immense power. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. You carry with you the power of that light. Now, you might not feel very powerful today. You might feel that your life is happening around you or that you're, you're barely hanging on to a runaway train. Well, if you do, you're in good company because Jesus didn't tell the people who had it all together that they were the light of the world. He told the people who didn't have it all together, the ones who had been forgotten and overlooked, mistreated, pushed down, the desperate, the stumbling. Because remember, it's not our good news, it's his good news. It's his light. And that is a gift that we are not to hide, we are not to hoard, we are not to cover it up, we're to share it wherever we are. A few weeks ago, our family had one of those mornings 
One of those mornings, it was pouring down rain outside. One kid couldn't find her shoe. The other couldn't find his jacket. By the time we found all the pieces, we had missed the bus. So we loaded the car up to drive to school, but by the time we loaded the car up, we only had 12 minutes to get there. Now, I am a professional at the last second school drop-off. And I had that drop-off timed down to the minute. And let's just say that 12 minutes is possible, but not likely. My son piped up from the back seat. He said, don't worry, Mommy. Maybe there won't be traffic. There was traffic. There was so much traffic. We got near the school, and I could see the long line of cars ahead. And I knew we weren't going to make it. So I yelled over my shoulder, hang on, like I'm a stunt driver in a car chase. And I bailed out into a side street, screeched to a stop in front of someone's house. We all jumped out and started running. We get to the crosswalk, but now we're in a game of Frogger because there are hundreds of cars bumper to bumper uh, uh, between us and the school. Half of the cars are trying to get into the school and half are trying to get out. And I can feel the panic taking over. We're cold, our shoes are wet, we've been frantically running all morning, and now, after all that effort, we're going to be late. I am ready to give up when I see my Savior. Now, I've never seen Jesus in the flesh, but this guy was six foot tall and wearing a head-to-toe neon yellow rain slicker with a pointy hat. Standing in the middle of the crosswalk, in the middle of the downpour, with a sea of cars bearing down on him, was the crossing guard. He saw us, and he holds back the traffic with the power of his little orange glow stick and waves us through. He calls out in a booming voice as we walk by, good morning, good morning, good morning. Now, on my way back to the car, I walked up to the six-foot-tall man with the neon yellow rain slicker and the pointy hat, and I thanked him for being so cheerful on such a miserable day. And he just shrugged and said he wouldn't have it any other way. It was a choice that he made every day to bring a little light into the world. So every morning, hundreds of cars, hundreds of people flood by this crossing guard. And if he chose to scowl, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't. The cars are all honking. The parents are impatient. The kids are all whining. It's a thankless, stressful job. But he made a different choice. Rain or shine, he greets everyone who crosses his path with a big smile and a joyful, good morning, good morning, good morning. You can't always choose the weather, but you can choose your attitude. You can't always choose the weather, but you can still share the light. You can be a friend to the lonely. You can encourage the afraid. You can comfort those who are grieving. You can celebrate and laugh with others. You can notice the overlooked. These are gifts 
and they're free to give. And see, this is what I know. There are people in my life and in your life, family members, friends, coworkers, customers, distant acquaintances who need God's light in their lives. There are people in my life and yours who long for a spark of hope, for some sense of purpose, and whose day job and hobbies and social distractions just aren't cutting it. I know there are people like this because I used to be one of them. I went through life like a zombie. I had friends, but I was still disconnected. I had family, but I still felt lonely. I had a list at my job of goals and objectives for the year, and yet I felt I didn't have purpose. And when the rains came down and the floods came up, I was in danger of being swept away. Some of you feel like that right now. And some of you know people like this. These are people longing for community. They're longing for hope. They're longing for the kind of meaning and purpose that you have found here in this community. And I want to tell you how people in this church talk about being part of this church. I hear these things every week. I'm so grateful to have my small group around me at this time. I don't know how people do life without that kind of support. I'm inspired knowing this mission is making a difference. I didn't want to come today, but now I feel better. I feel hopeful and at peace. There's something holy about being in this place. And it's not the place. It's not the place. There's something holy about being with you. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. And if we want to get nitpicky about the Greek, what he really says is, y'all are the light of the world. You, the community of faith, are the light of the world. See, this isn't just an individual calling. First and foremost, it's a communal calling. Jesus calls us, the church, to be those pinpricks of light that transform the dark, scary places of the world into places of warmth and peace, joy and love. If you need a little light in your life or a lot of light, there's no better place you can be than here. And if you found that light, share it. First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, do not hide your light. You would not withhold food from the hungry. You would not withhold water from the thirsty. I know because I've seen you in action, so do not withhold your hope. Do not hide your faith under a basket because you're worried about what people might say or think. Do not hide your light because here's the thing. The very person who needs it might be right next to you. Let your light shine so that all may see that goodness and love flowing through you and give glory 
to God in heaven. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.